and welcome to Superman's Beer Podcast. Number 332. 332, and give me a fact. Baslina, wife of Julius Constantius and the mother of Roman Emperor Julian, died in the year 332. Sad news. Sad news. Let's raise a glass to her memory. How are you, Roland? I'm all right, Steve. How are you? I'm okay. We're a little late, but sounding great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, little trip to London yesterday caught us out of guard a little bit, and it did. And we went. We visited the Euston Tap on our way home. Uh, as I believe, it's obligatory. It I'm is not obligatory. sure you're allowed to leave London if you haven't had. And what did you think to their offerings? They're right. Oh, decent. I was a bit uninspired this time. You were inspired. I was in a bad mood anyway. I was with you. <laughs> yeah. It's always, always going to make me feel a little grumpy. But yes. Uh, any interesting beers over the past few weeks? What did we have in last week? I don't know, honestly. Um, Tell me a little bit watch. about Indie Beer Man, because I didn't get to go this you year for the it, first time, you? which made me incredibly sad. Um, so how did Indie Beer Man go for you? I thought Indie Beer Man was nice. Um, had a lovely sour from Vibrant Forest, the uh, Grizzly Pear. Um, yeah. Did that for me. But there were lots of other nice beers that I enjoyed throughout the time there. Um, good selection of breweries again. Yeah, all nice from my point of view. Um, I've got some lovely beer, interesting beers in my cupboard and I haven't got around to drinking them yet. Mm. So... Um, not much for me. What about you? No, nothing really. We we had some interesting ones when we were in the in the Sweden. We did. Um, we uh, there were some some good ones. I particularly like the um, Stockholm Brewing Company uh, wine barrel finished beer. Uh, that yeah, had. so that's aged in natural wine barrels. Yeah, from one of my favourite wine uh, makers um, in the France. So I'm a big fan of uh, their wine, and I thought it came across as a really good beer. Yeah, it was super interesting. Re- really impre- impressed with uh, what Stockholm Brewing Company have been doing recently. So, um, yeah, it's kind of fun. They've got a lot of big barrels that they're playing with, and uh, I'm lucky enough to get regular visits to the, their brewery. So it's... Uh, Very nice. It's nice. Um, we should get on to this week's beer, which is um, a brute lager called Ottica. Okay. Um, so it's a collab. Yeah, uh, between uh, Bohem Brewery and St. Austell. Discuss. I don't know Bohem. They are London-based, if you see the details. Yeah. Um, St. Austell, I know pretty well. Mm. Um, you can't go to, to really the south-east... Sorry, the south-west, really, and, and not... Um, encounter a lot of their beer yeah so um for information that it was uh brewed and canned by boheme in london yeah um they're in uh, north london brewery um that's all i really know about them i've not seen their beers around before so no i'm, I'm guessing they're um I, I would guess just based on the name that they're going to be Lager people take yes. that kind of inspiration. So, so they do have a lager manifesto on their website, and if you scan the little QR code on the can, you can go read their lager okay. manifesto, um, which uh, sounds incredibly exciting and nauseating at the same time. <laughs> and you know, I I'm a, I love my lager. Yeah. So, what I will say is, brute lager. I have had a very not a great relationship with stuff saying brute on it. 
Um, so I'm guessing Brut is... Uh, I, I only really know Brut in the kind of wine and... Um, so, excuse me, champagne. Um, yeah. So what does it mean? So you'll know more about that side of things than I do. Yeah, so, so it's just... It's really dry. So, yeah. it's, it, you know, it, it's, it's a dry kind of almost... Um, kind of high bitterness, uh, you know, kind of like yeah. really quite powerful, quite distinctive. Um, and I, while you were wittering on, I, uh, I took a sip of the, uh, the said lager and uh, I've never had a brute lager before. It's not something I've come across. Or so if I have come across it, nobody's kind of said that that was what they were going for. And it kind of is what I would expect yeah. um, from my limited knowledge of, in, you know, it is very limited um, in wine. I'm more of a I'm more of a drinker than a reader. <laughs> well, I've not really come across brute lager before. Well, I've seen a lot of, and what we've seen lots of last couple of years, are brute IPAs, yeah. and that's very much taking that same attitude. It's throwing a load of hops there, but using yeasts and using other techniques to get your your sugars right down. Yeah, uh, and leave it super super dry, but with a load of hops there. And as much as I tend to be a fan of dry beers. And I love a lot of the Belgian beers that are really, really dry. I found most of the brute IPAs for me, they just don't work. I just find them too jarring. Yeah. Oh, by the way, before we move on, I've just remembered the name of the vineyard that the barrels that they're using is Matassa. Ah, Matassa. Yeah, Matassa. Very, very, very good wine. Um, so, um, God, this wine heavy podcast, isn't it? This. Mm. So, uh, before we kind of really go into what we think of it and the taste of it, what do you think of the, uh, the branding of it? I think the branding's okay. It's not really like it, it's quite recognisable. It's not really jumping out at me one way or the other. The I'd be interested to see what Bohemian's normal branding okay. looks like. Okay, let me do something. Here. This won't work for the medium of podcast. But what do you think of the branding now? <laughs> yeah, I quite like it. <laughs> so for the for the benefit of our listeners, I've just covered up the St. Hostel part. Um, I like, I do I I actually I like I, I don't want I don't want to kind of jump up no. and down on something because you know they're big and all the rest of it but I've had a lot I've had quite a few of St Hostel's beers because yeah. you know being when you're in certain parts of the country you find it everywhere and I'm I'm not been massively enamoured with it it's it's very generic kind of like not not quite a big brewery not quite a micro brewery somewhere and it's you know. it's fine yeah yeah it is it's it's kind of like when I see Titanic I'm always happy to go in a Titanic pub because uh, yeah. you know I'm going to get something I can drink am I excited by it rarely. So um, I, I like the, the blue and the outer section yeah. there. The blue and white I think is really nice. The section in the middle, I'm, I don't really get it. It feels a little bit... Maybe that, and maybe that is because it's the mashup of two, two sets of brands so, there. So I, don't I, know. I, I don't know this, and I'm just shooting from the hip here. Okay. But I think these are, uh, the, 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 the Bohem Brewery are kind of Slovakian, Czech something like that because I'm looking at their their, yeah. their branding and it kind of really ties into that kind of whole um, Course, black yeah. thing uh, and also it's brewed by Guzoj who I guess is the head brewer um, that has obviously got some kind of Central European influence in there yeah. that would make you want to brew this kind of lager as well absolutely um, so I, I, I'm I'm actually intrigued. Uh, I would like quite like to see Cape Bohemians see yeah. what they're doing from this. I, do I want to see Cape Bohemians? <laughs> not so much. Okay, so um, I, I will say I agree with you there. Yeah. I find the idea of a brute lager and super interesting. Like I, I would probably have been interested in it to start with. Um, and Boheme, I definitely would look out for yeah. more from. So uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, Six point four percent. How do you feel about that, Roland? I'm pretty comfortable with that. 
For a lager? Yeah. You like it turning super, don't you? No, lager. <laughs> weak lager's a British thing. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yes, lagers, um, lagers but six point four percent. Six point four is pushing. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, like like five and a half maybe fits more by natural territory. Like, I, I think, think it's incredibly high and incredibly brave to do a lager with that kind of percentage, and it not taste like because of, yeah, it doesn't taste harsh at all or anyway. Ex- exactly, like I, I'm 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 relatively impressed with six point four and how it tastes. It doesn't taste particularly alcoholic. It doesn't have that burn. It doesn't have that kind of nasty kind of chemically yeah. taste. That, Hi. And that is hard when you're making it so dry as well. Because yeah, like, the, only, the only one I can really think that I've had that kind of percentage is something like Tenants Extra, you know, yeah, yeah. which is around about that percentage, but it's undrinkable. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, there's a, there really is that history in Germany, Central Europe, of brewing some strong lagers yeah. that were like up to 10% even, but you wouldn't... Tenants Super. You would not see them... Over here, so much. It's yeah. relatively rare to see those box and those dark, those heavier dark, some of those darker ones or some of those strong ones. But I think lager is very much aimed at like, uh, uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but like a culture of a uh, session. Let's go, like in this country. I'm, I, yeah, I know it's very different in. Well, in, I, in I think the difference is that for a lot of places in Europe, it is traditionally the only option. Yeah. So it has to fill both the the session beer. But you also have to have the one that's for your special celebration yeah. beers, special occasion ones that do tend to be stronger. And it's no different than the British ale ones used to yeah. be. You know, you had your cask ones that were 4% that we'd have a session on. But you also had some of those big, big beers, the ones you'd have bottles of that you'd stick away for a, a special occasion. So I, I, I have a pet peeve about um, small breweries doing um, lagers. Yes. And my pet peeve is that they're doing it to sell in their brew bars for the people who come in and go, got any lager, mate? Uh, and they tend to be, like, pretty grim. You know, like, they, yeah. they are not exceptional, um, you know, no. versions of lager. They are, you know... They're, they're lager brewed by people who don't love lager. Yes. And, and what I'm feeling with this one a little bit more is that this isn't brewed for... This isn't a... Um, What's the one? Uh, the this is lager or whatever. Yeah. It? You know, it isn't one of those ones no. where we shit. We got to brew. This a isn't a market research. Yeah. This, a... this is some. This is somebody who's brewed something that they like. Yeah. Um, and I think there's quite a bit of thought gone into it. Now, is it necessarily a beer for me? Probably not, because I'm I'm not a massive lager drinker. And when I want a lager, I definitely don't want a six point four percent lager. Lager for me is it's in the summer. I want something really refreshing, and I, you know. Like I'll go and reach for uh, Brooklyn or something like that that yeah. is probably aimed more at me, or or, or, or certainly you know there, I can think of a lot of better versions of that, but I can't spring to mind at the minute. But this is fun because it's different. It's, yeah. It is something that is not not necessarily a traditional log as we would know it in the UK. I is more of a traditional Central European yeah. kind of uh, lager, which um, yeah, it's fun. I I think this is really interesting because. It feels very close to a traditional uh, Czech lager or, or German lager, but it's also noticeably different. That brute bit comes through in just how dry it is and that kind of bitterness that you get from the dryness rather than from like, the hot forwardness. And 
it, it feels both modern and classic to me at the same time in a way that I think is really good, yeah. really interesting. And you know how much we get annoyed by things that tell us something on the label and give us something different. From my experience of uh, a brute, not from a beer perspective, mm. but from a wine perspective, it really kind of fits it. Yeah. It's, they've actually nailed what I was expecting from the label. So that, that makes me a little happy too, even though I'm still saying this is not my kind of thing. For me, actually, it almost feels like they've brewed a beer and then they've gone, well, what style have we brewed? Okay, I'll describe what it is. Rather than, rather than saying, I'm going to brew a brute lager, now I'll, I'll make some choices afterwards. It's like, I brewed this beer that I think is going to be really good. Oh, it, well, it's, it's dry, so we'll call it brute. It's a lager, let's call it a lager. Yeah. I hope so. I hope you're right. That would, that would, that would make me want to try uh, more of Behem's beer if, if that yeah. is the case. Because I do think there is a little bit of a, a backward way of brewing um, it, with, with microbreweries that they're trying to achieve something and, and go for it. Whereas actually just brewing something really good and finding out what it is at the end sounds far more um, uh, liberating and free to do than trying to fill a stereotype. And I, I think particularly with lager, yeah. if you genuinely love it, then uh, I think you're not trying to brew something to fit a niche that other people have told you there's a market, you should do that. Yeah. You're saying, I've just brewed a beer I really think is going to be delicious. And afterwards, oh, well, it happens to be this. Okay, great. Yeah. And it also challenges that notion that, you know, people who say, I like bitter, I like lager, I like IPAs. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people who like lager um, wouldn't like this. And I'm Absolutely. sure there's plenty of people who don't like lager who would like it. So I really like that idea of um, challenging, uh, challenging what it can be while still staying with the parameters of what it is. Um, are you going to go first? Or yeah, go I'm, first? I think go I'm ready then. to go. So... Um, not my style, not my thing. Uh, would I buy more of this one? No. Would I buy more from the brewery? I would definitely try and search some out and try and see what they're doing. I'd like to learn a little bit more about them. Maybe I'll even read their manifesto at the end of the, the podcast. Um, I think it's brewed really well. I think it's a very intelligent, um, intelligently brewed beer, if that makes sense. Um, and I'm going to go eight. This is... Probably a beer very much aimed at me. Um, I, I love traditional lagers of, from Czech and Germany. And this feels... He also loves Carlin. This feels so in line with that. Yeah. But also a modern twist without being for the sake of it. It doesn't feel like they've said, oh, we've got to modernise it, let's do something. It says, I just think it would be nice if we did this and that would be interesting. And it feels like the hops and the base, the malts, the those are very traditional. Yeah. Like those feel exactly what I expect and I really like that. Um I think it's well brewed, I think it's a clever idea, it's well put together. I've really enjoyed that. I will definitely drink more and I might also go and look up a bit more about Bohem because I'm really impressed on the back of that. I'm going nine. Nine. Big praise indeed. Like I think if it was more my kind of thing I'd be there with you because yeah. I think it's a very well brewed beer um, and uh, nice to see that there is the involvement of St Hostel in yeah. there but they 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 played too yeah isn't it nice when big breweries play they can yeah um, and, and, I, and I hope that it also challenges that they can do fun things too because there really is a market for big breweries doing fun things 
There um, is. And, and fun things that are genuinely what they want to do, not the fun things that they feel like they're being forced to do because somebody told them you need to look, look fun. Yeah. Yeah, now, I mean, I, I, I've kind of, I've seen like a lot of the smaller breweries that, you, a lot of the bigger breweries that used to be smaller yeah. have started to do those different lines of playful things just because they've obviously lost sight of, you know, what they could do before. Yeah. Um, and I've really been enjoying some of those recently because you can find them in supermarkets, but they're, yeah. they're you know, they're, they're all toilet like, turnip brands and I think that's great. I think you can always tell for me the difference between whether they've let the the brewers drive that or whether they've let a marketing team drive that we all remember those phases where everyone's saying oh everyone's got to brew a black IPA or whatever it was at the time and a whole load came out where they clearly didn't want to and they produced something that wasn't wasn't right wasn't particularly exciting wasn't engaging but as you say there have been some that have come out that have been really good because they've just given the brewers a bit of a free hand and said go and do something that you think is interesting at the moment Mm. And they've gone and done something. Yeah. More, more power to playing, I think is the message Absolutely. there. Right, we should drink up and shut up because we are... Done. Done.